Welcome to Episode 7 of the Montana Values Podcast, sponsored by Cedar Point Townhomes of Kalispell. Recently, we received fascinating feedback that we just have to talk about. In particular, the feedback by some in the Republican Party about the criminal convictions of Greg Gianforte and Troy Downing. We've been asked to tone down our criticism because the crimes are, quote, only misdemeanors. And to this, we must respond. Let's get right into it with our host, Tammy Fisher. The rule of law is a Republican value, but it's also a Montana value. Montanans respect and celebrate our laws and our law enforcement officers. We honor those who uphold the laws in our great state and make sacrifices, sometimes the ultimate sacrifice, to protect our communities and individuals from harm. We name our highways after those officers who have fallen in the line of duty. And I have represented several of those families who have lost their law enforcement officer family members in the line of duty. And when a law enforcement officer gives his or her life in service to others, law enforcement and many others come from all over the nation to pay their respects. We revere our laws and our law enforcement officers and hold them in the highest regard. We do this because we are uniquely aware that when every officer puts his or her boots on in the morning... They don't know who will be taking them off at night. Tammy, it is beyond offensive to know that there are some in the Montana Republican Party that want to diminish the severity of crimes committed by candidates it supports for public office. This attitude of wanting to diminish the classification of crimes is not only shocking, it's just plain gross. And... It's astonishing this attitude is coming from a certain number of members of the Montana Republican Party. Yeah, these people have obviously no idea what the term misdemeanor actually means in Montana. Misdemeanor offenses are not less offensive to the victim. They are as life-changing to the victims as felony offenses are. So because there are some members of the Republican Party whose feedback is, yeah, forgive Gianforte and Downing their crimes because they were just misdemeanors, we're going to have to explain how that thinking not only violates the Republican Party platform, but it violates our Montana values and is just plain dumb. There are three classifications for law violations. The most serious of these is felony which carries with it the possibility of incarceration in the state prison. And so if you're a felon in Montana, you commit a felony offense, your punishment can be imprisonment at Deer Lodge, Montana State Prison. And so that's a big deal because then you go into the Department of Corrections system and you can do that for a certain period of time, anything over a year to life sentences. And so really it's that incarceration component. It's not just in the county jail, it's in the state prison. The least serious of transgressions or violations of the law is a civil violation. And these are your basic traffic tickets. That's your typical speeding ticket. That's a civil violation. There's a monetary penalty only associated with those types of offenses. So most of us, when we get a speeding ticket, we post bond and we move on. That's a civil violation. The middle level offense is called a misdemeanor. That means it's a crime for which the penalty is up to a year in your county jail or your city jail and a fine, but also you have restitution. So you can have restitution associated with a misdemeanor and a felony, and restitution means you try to make the victims whole. You don't have restitution when it comes to civil violations like traffic tickets. 
So a misdemeanor as compared to a felony is not a this is a no big deal crime. It's a very serious crime carrying very serious and lifelong consequences, both for the perpetrator and for the victim. So if you look at it, let's look at some of our misdemeanor crimes in Montana. For example, you can beat your wife repeatedly, and that's a misdemeanor in Montana. It's called partner assault. It's called partner or family member assault specifically. So I remember when I was a prosecutor, I had this guy who was just a menace to law enforcement. He was an awful human being, and he just... Every time law enforcement would approach him, they ended up in some sort of argument. There's some physical altercation. But what was worse is that he repeatedly beat his wife, right? And she would continuously stand up for him and say, no, it wasn't that bad and diminish that. But he was a menace not only to law enforcement, but to our community and to his own family because he also had kids at the home. And so he was charged with a number of partner assaults. And in one single day, I tried him twice for partner assault, back-to-back trials twice to get two convictions. Because once you have a third partner assault, if you have two prior convictions, then I can get you to the state prison. But for those two first initial assaults where he beat his wife, and I believe one time he was using like a laundry basket to whip on her or something like that. That's nice. And yeah, he was just a gem of a guy. So basically I tried him twice, but still I was in misdemeanor court. It's still a misdemeanor. It still affected the family and community. And it certainly affected law enforcement because they were called to his house constantly. So as I said, you can beat your wife repeatedly and that's still a misdemeanor. If you expose your genitals or dainty bits, intimate parts to by means, by any means to another person, whether it's taking a dick pic on your phone or whatever, and you do that to humiliate, harass or intimidate another person, that's still just a misdemeanor. There was a guy that we called it flag waving when I was a prosecutor, which meant people who would indecent exposure. They would just expose themselves. Well, that's a misdemeanor in Montana. We had a guy who came through the cowboy coffee and instead of just ordering coffee and picking up his coffee to the young girls that were working there, when they went to give him the coffee that he'd ordered, he decided to show his genitalia to them and say, what do you think about that? So people think that that's kind of funny and it is kind of funny, but to the victims of that, they, they it shocked their conscience. They couldn't believe that somebody would be so crude and rude to do that. So then every guy that came through the coffee shop, they didn't know if that's what would happen. And when you confronted him, he didn't think it was a big deal either. And he thought that, of course, those girls deserved it. And so but that was a misdemeanor offense. He had to do that three more times before he would go to Montana State Prison. That's traumatizing to yeah. to the barista that's serving the coffee. Absolutely. And it affects them. So you're talking about baristas who are, you know, maybe 17, 18, 20 years old. It may be their first job. And this is what they're exposed to in that environment. And it lives with them forever. I guarantee those girls who are probably in their 30s now absolutely remember that kind of violation because it is not only crude, but it it violates your sensibilities and who we are as Montanans. So those girls will never be able to unsee that. It's no different than if you're standing in the kitchen with your pervy uncle and he drops his pants and waves his member at you. Well, that's a misdemeanor in Montana. Your pervy uncle, you might want him to be a felon. You might think he is a felon, but he's actually a misdemeanor because he's just dropping his drawers and showing his wares. He can do that. That is only a misdemeanor offense in Montana. 
Toronto. But are you ever going to be able to unsee that event? Nope. No, you sure aren't. So you're still dramatically affected by those types of events. You can actually sexually assault multiple people in Montana, and you're, you're, that's a misdemeanor in Montana. So sexual assault is actually a misdemeanor in Montana. It can become a felony offense, but sexually assaulting someone, if your uncle, your pervy uncle gets his hands on your thighs, but not quite to the golden ground, that's a misdemeanor. That is a misdemeanor offense. So to say that these offenses, to equivocate and say they're not that bad... That's baloney. There are lots of bad misdemeanors. So along with sexual assault, if you have a kid that goes to college, your 20-year-old kid comes home and you say, hey, bud, how was your first semester of college? And he says, yeah, not bad. I only sexually assaulted two of my roommates, but don't worry, mom. They were misdemeanors. Does that mean you're going to be less concerned about it? Does that mean when you go to coffee with your friends, you're going to say Johnny had a great semester in college, only two sexual assaults under his belt? Thank goodness they were just misdemeanors. Nobody would say that. Not in Montana, we wouldn't. If the creepy neighbor that seems to have lots of teenagers in his house plies them with alcohol, well, that's just a misdemeanor in Montana. Doesn't mean he's less creepy. Doesn't mean what he's doing is less wrong than if it was a felony. I knew a guy in Cutbank where all of the teenage kids knew to go to his house because they could get booze. I always wondered what else he was doing at his house, but there was no reason for a 40-some-year-old man to want a bunch of teenagers in his house. That's creepy but that's not a felony offense. It's not something he would go to the state prison for. That would be misdemeanor offense if he was plying them with alcohol. The creepy guy that peeps into the locker room and records naked women showering, that's a misdemeanor. That's a misdemeanor. So I had a case like this where a woman rented a home to a guy that peeped on her. And so he got a misdemeanor and he got a fine and a couple days in jail, but then she had to go through a 30-day eviction process with him so he could still live on the property because he was entitled to be there. All the while, he's peeping on her while she's in her house. And women don't forget that. Men don't forget that when they're victims of those types of crimes. If you punch a referee at the Little League game, that's a misdemeanor. If you spit on a nurse, that's a misdemeanor. If you punch a nurse, that's a misdemeanor. If you commit child abuse, that's a misdemeanor. You give your kid a black eye, misdemeanor in Montana. And I would say, I want anybody who gives a kid a black eye to go to prison. <laughs> so to, to equivocate between these things as being misdemeanor versus felony, let's cut them a break because it's a misdemeanor. There are no breaks because the criminal mindset is the same for a misdemeanor as it is a felony. The effect on the victim is the same as it is as a misdemeanor or a felony. You can steal from your employer embezzlement. That's a misdemeanor until it gets to a certain monetary value. Stalking is a misdemeanor. If your ex-boyfriend waits outside your house or in the parking lot of your employer, puts notes on your windshields, lets you know that he knows where you're at, calls you and hangs up the phone, that is terrifying for any victim of stalking, but that is a misdemeanor. So Montana doesn't equivocate on misdemeanor versus felony like some members of the Republican Party have done when they plead with us to just support Greg Gianforte and Troy Downing because their offenses were only misdemeanors. Their offenses are misdemeanors. They are not traffic citations, which are civil infractions. In Montana, we don't say, okay, this code is for misdemeanors and this code is for felonies. In fact, all misdemeanors and felonies are in the same code section of the book. It's just punishment is the classifier 
that's the only difference is the, the quality of the punishment, the content of the punishment, not the content of the actual crime. This means that the crime itself is not the categorizing factor because the facts of the crimes are as devastating on the victims, regardless of whether it's a misdemeanor or felony. And Montana recognizes that. And so did the legislature when it developed our criminal code. And think about it. Both misdemeanors and felonies carry collateral consequences. Collateral consequences are consequences outside of even what you find in the code book or what you get in the court in your sentencing. These are penalties that the state legislature doesn't attach to the crime, but that someone else, often the federal government or employers, impose. So when misdemeanor criminals are denied employment, it's usually because they answer the question on the application, have you ever been convicted of a crime? Yes, because employers don't discriminate between misdemeanor or felony. And in fact, if Greg Gianforte were to actually apply for a regular job and not a political position, and he was asked on the application, have you ever been convicted of a crime? He would be required to respond, yes, just like every other criminal. And he could be denied employment, especially if that job is one where vulnerable people were clients or customers or patients. I mean, think about it. Would you hire Greg Gianforte to take care of your mother? And if the answer is no, and I think it is for all of us Montanans, then why in the world would we hire him to protect our mother's interests in the governor's chair? That doesn't make any sense at all. And why would you hire Troy Downing to protect Montanans from insurers if he literally commits a crime against all Montanans and mutilates our heritage? It doesn't make any sense. I want you folks to think about that and share your comments with us. But while you're thinking about it, let's take a break and hear from our sponsor. Cedar Point Townhomes is excited to bring fresh new living structures to the heart of Evergreen. Located at 2223 Highway 2 East, just minutes from Big Fork, Lakeside, and Columbia Falls, and in close proximity to the airport, Flathead Lake, Big Mountain Resort, and Glacier National Park. Phase 3 construction is going on now and space is limited. Applications are available at cedarpointcalispell.com. That's cedarpoint with an E, kalispell.com, Evergreen's newest townhome living. And now back to the show. Realistically, many employers do not even call people for an interview if the person has a criminal conviction. So if you apply for a job and you respond yes to the criminal conviction question, well, most employers often don't give a second look to you because it's complicated. And just because the job for governor or state auditor doesn't have the have you ever been convicted of a crime question, that doesn't mean that us Montanans can't judge the applicants on that basis. If they wouldn't be employed as a janitor in an assisted living facility, why would we give them employment in powerful political seats where they have hundreds of millions of dollars in their hands? And those are our dollars, folks, and at their discretion to spend. There would be no reason for us to do that. So if the nutters of the world want to excuse the crimes committed by Gianforte and Downing by saying, hey, they were just misdemeanors, then what those nutters are actually saying, in effect, is that Gianforte and Troy Downing should be lumped in with all of the wife beaters, the kitty abusers, the sexually assaulting perverts who were also convicted of misdemeanors. 
And I don't see how that's a defense, but if they want to lump Gianforte and Downing in with the other criminals, well, they're welcome to. But that does not in any way excuse their behavior. We are talking about civil traffic citations. We're talking about criminal offenses where criminal intent was present. And criminal is criminal without equivocation. Troy Downing and Greg Gianforte should not be treated any different than any other criminal who submits a job application. Remember, folks, we're their bosses. We're the ones that decide if they're qualified for the job. Their crimes, in our opinion, disqualify them from representing the most vulnerable of our population, the folks that need the best representation possible. If you wouldn't hire them to take care of your grandma, then we shouldn't hire them to take care of the rest of us as state auditor or governor. And it really is that simple. You've been listening to Episode 7 of Montana Values Podcast, sponsored by Cedar Point Townhomes in Kalispell. Check us out on our website, montanavaluespodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at MTValues. Find us on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Listen Notes. What's your favorite Montana value? How do you live it? Write to us. Our email address is montanavaluespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.